0: Welcome to the Big Ideas for Small Business podcast, hosted by fellow small business owner, Tim Hayden.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Big Ideas for Small Business. I am your host, Tim Hayden, and I'm uh, honored to have one of my good friends, Marty Osborne, with us today. Marty, uh, welcome to our podcast. Hey, Tim. It's good to be here. Yeah, well, man, we're we're really glad uh, to have you on today. Hey, so, Marty, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself
0: oh my gosh yeah where do we start um, <laughs> first off i know we can say i'm a clemson fan so i don't know for you're your clemson listeners alumnus clemson alumnus and yeah, fan. and yeah i guess fanatic might be better better, that, better i guess term. a pretty good term for you so um yeah no so you know went to clemson finance uh major got out um started a small company in the garment industry you know if you're in south carolina you got to be somehow tied to textiles or yeah. garments and uh uh did that for a number of years and then uh, joined a company called Floor Daniel. Most people, large engineering construction and ran their software group called Tabware. And um, it's interesting, in the late 90s, um, for some of you, you know, when just the Internet was getting started, yeah. um, we, uh, we created an environment for hosting, right, so that software would be online. I mean, today to say that doesn't sound like a novel concept, <laughs> but in the 90s and so... Um, started uh started a working with what we called at the time hosting but moved mm-hmm. to cloud and then went to work for a company called data stream mm-hmm. which specialized in um enterprise asset management so software for maintaining buildings plants equipment those kind of things and then uh through that uh we were acquired by a company called Infor, and mm-hmm. i worked about 18 months and then i always said uh I wanted to get back to my small business roots and uh, had a Jerry Maguire moment and uh, wrote my dissertation on how we're going to love our clients and go back and uh, walked out the door and Mm. started a small company called Advoco. And today we've grown to over almost close to 120 employees and just uh, having a blast. That's great, man. Hey, you want to tell listeners anything about your family? Um, yeah, so, um, great family, you know, married us. I'm a, what they say, you know, I'm from New York originally. So Rochester, New York, and I came to the South through Clemson and, uh, married a good old Southern girl. Yeah, And my wife, Lisa has, uh, has been great. Married almost 35 years and, uh, two kids. I have a a daughter who, um, works for the Dave Ramsey organization, um, which is pretty exciting. She lives in Nashville, Tennessee and a son, who graduated from Clemson four years ago, just graduated from medical school and doing his residency in Charleston. That's great, so, man. That's yeah. great. Sound like you
1: got a busy, great life going on. It is
0: um, it is busy and it is a great life. Yeah, that's good. So,
1: hey, so um, today's conversation is, the, uh, is about uh, the seven essentials of EAM. Hey, so before I ask what that is, and I am curious, Marty, what that is. Hey, so what kind of business do you run at Advoco,
0: yeah, good. You got to write too. Advoco is always kind of a <laughs> people always struggle with the name, yeah. um, but you know, Advoco in Latin means trusted advisor. Mm. So, so basically, like it's your advocate. And so, what a great name is. Our goal is to earn the title of trusted advisors That's for our great. clients. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we just we're a software implementation company. So we help companies implement their uh, enterprise asset management software. So we teach them how to use it, we do configurations, we integrate it into the big picture, and um, we build a long relationship with clients, helping them do maintenance, and it's kind of interesting because we all understand maintenance when it comes to our cars, mm-hmm. right? You know you know that feeling when you go to start your car and it doesn't start, right? Mm-hmm. Everything? Well, it's same thing in business with equipment, right? You cannot achieve your ultimate goals without safe, reliable equipment. Mm -hmm. And I know, Tim, just here at at Sargent's, right? I mean, if your robots or your welders don't operate, where yeah. are you? We can't produce product. Can't know? produce product. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we're kind of deep into that supply chain and yeah. our goal is to make your people's operations run to the best of their ability. And that's great. That's great.
1: And I think there's a big need for that in the <clears throat> industry. I really do. You yeah. Know. That's great. Hey, so uh, so Marty, what is EAM?
0: Yeah, that's uh, always the acronyms. That's the problem with software people, right? <laughs> we're always we're always throwing acronyms around. But EAM stands for Enterprise Asset Management. Mm-hmm. So again, assets being physical assets could be a plant, a robot. It could be a welder. It could be we do like every Frito Lay box truck that you see around. There's a little number on it, and you know that box truck has to be maintained just like an automobile, and mm-hmm. so. That's what asset management, and the E is for enterprise, which means we deal with large enterprise customers. So customers all across the place where it's easy to kind of develop software for one-off plants, but when you're in a large enterprise multi-site, how do you make them all work together? And that's kind of the area we specialize in. Okay. Uh, man, that's, that is really cool. Hey, um,
1: so Marty, the first thing you see when you assess your website – AdvoCo's website are the seven essentials of a highly effective
0: EAM implementation. What are these and what makes these essential? Right. Well, I'm glad you, you, you caught that. And it's funny, is on our website, uh, AdvoCoInc.com, right, from yeah. a shameless plug. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but it's interesting, but it's our number one downloaded white paper. Because when people are implementing software, and again, whether it's enterprise asset management, whether you're rolling out an HR system or a financial system, these all these principles apply, right? And so people are kind of looking for the keys. Um, Funny story, but I learned years ago that if you're ever going to kind of help people along, people love lists, Mm -hmm. right? If you pick up a magazine, five ways to a better life, (laughs) you know, seven ways to a happier marriage, you know, everybody loves lists. And so I had to kind of join into that. But as we think about implementing software and we implement systems, we believe there's seven key things that if you pay attention to – you're going to be successful no matter what. And people always think it's all about the project management, right? If I just manage the project, but they still fail. And in our industry, I think the statistics are over 50% of projects fail to meet their stated objective. Mm. And so that's kind of a scary number. And so what we want to do is how can we help People think a little differently and follow these. And so what we could do, let's walk through these seven. Yeah. I think it'll be fun to talk oh, that's about. That's great. Them. Absolutely. So <clears throat> this one, uh, you know, again, was from the seven habits of highly effective people. And I think number one in any project, you got to start with an end in mind. Mm, that's right. We have a good friend or um, bless his heart. Uh, Chris Oakley always said, you know, what does winning look like? Yeah. And, you know, that is so key to what we do is in any implementation is do we know what winning is going to look like? Can we start with an end in mind? And it's actually very surprising we get into these projects and we ask the question and people don't know. Mm -hmm. So how how can we know if we're winning if we we don't see the scoreboard or we don't know the end? And so, you know, that was the big one. The second thing which is big, and I know, Tim, we talk a lot about this, is knowing your team. And mm-hmm. it's not just who's on the team, but really knowing more about them. Things like the disc profile mm-hmm. or an Enneagram or uh, Patrick Lincioni now has working genius. Like, yeah. like to me, when you give those personality tests or what we like and so forth, they're not good or bad. What they under- let us understand is how people want to consume information and we're running through this now with working genius. One of the things on working genius is a called a T. Mm-hmm. And a T is for tenacity. And tenacity is people who love the last 20% of a project. Mm. I can tell you I ain't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I got stuff yeah. half done all over the place. And if you don't have somebody on your team with high T, high tenacity, loves the last 20%, you're yeah. going to be in trouble. Yeah. But if you have everybody that's worried about the last 20%, nobody's creating the wonderment or the invention and those kind of things. So real big on understanding the personality profile of your team and understand how they work and consume information, and then you're going to see amazing things. Oh, that's good. That's real good. Um, The third one is, I I always say this, is understand your numbers even if it's just return on investment, you know, Tim, if I came to you and said, hey, we can help you implement an asset management program and we're going to do this. I'm hoping the number one thing you're going to say for is, will it pay for itself, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, or what's it going to cost and that kind of stuff. And I'm always surprised that in projects, people don't know their numbers, mm. right? They don't understand what's the return on investment or what's this going to cost, not only in direct cost, but soft costs do we have the right team to do it and so to me just knowing your numbers is so important hmm.
1: now when you say know your numbers Mario, are you talking about your financials are you talking about like like if if you wanted to come and talk to us about partnering with us knowing the numbers like okay if we are spending x amount on maintenance correct and knowing that, okay, if we were to partner with you, we can go from X, and we could say that so to that, so understand the return. Is that right. what you're saying? That's correct. That, gotcha. And that's
0: one aspect gotcha. of it and cost. But I believe in today's business, return on investment is so important. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I laugh because I was a big Zig Ziglar fan, and I don't know if, if anybody here remembers his book. But he was selling pots and pans, mm. and he would go into a house, and the wife would always say, "Well, I can't, I can't pay this. I got to talk to my husband." And he would always say, so how much do you spend on groceries a week? And she'd say $100. So you spend $5,200 a year without asking your spouse or significant other. They'd be right. So you need to ask for $500 when you're going to make that better. And so just, again, those numbers, it puts things into perspective, yeah, yeah. like doing that. And, um, again, you know, we, we work with a lot of clients that spend a lot of money on spare parts. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars, and they can't, they're worried about spending money on a system, but yet they're already writing checks for a hundred million, mm. right? So, knowing your numbers starts to put things into perspective and then helps, I think, with knowing what winning looks like. Yeah, is, that's is really saving good. money. Yeah, that's good. Um, the, the fourth one is educate yourself and people, and again, just people listening to this podcast, education is so important mm. right knowing your craft knowing you know the team knowing you know what we're doing and then making sure that your team's readers i know tim you here at Sargent are big on this mm-hmm. i mean you guys are pushing reading and and you guys read books together you guys talk together and it's again could be used in anything but if our team is not continually pushing the envelope of education thinking differently looking at new items then we're always going to struggle mm. um, there's a lot of truth to that yeah number, a lot of truth to that. <laughs> so number five and um, anybody, I don't know did you ever read the book Moneyball did you ever hear that so it's about the Oakland A's Billy Bean and how well
1: I didn't read the book but I watched the movie
0: you watched the movie yeah watch the movie. okay so the movie was great Brad Pitt and yeah. um, again if any of your listeners have not either get the book or watch the movie, but the one thing that Billy Bean did was think differently. He taught people to think differently. Mm. He, you know, the Oakland A's had the lowest payroll yet they have the highest winning percentage of teams. Their cost per win is like, I don't know, it's like almost five, five times less than the New York Yankees. And what he did was he learned to think differently about what success is. Mm right he looked at a baseball player and on base percentage was more important you know getting on first can either be a hit a walk a hits batsman um take don't bunt because it takes the bat out of your hand so so billy bean created this thing and that's what the movie is all about is how to think differently and so we challenge teams to sort of start with blank slates because sometimes we bring way too much bias Mm -hmm. we think we know everything oh tim that project we tried that five years ago it failed Well, yeah, it probably did for certain reasons. doesn't mean it's going to fail today, right? It Mm -hmm. might mean, or there's some lessons learned, but again, how can we think differently? And so to me, you know, this was a big one in the success of any project is start with a blank slate, start to think differently. And um, I think you'll you'll find success there. I I think, you know, Marty,
1: just to to pause for a moment before we continue, Mm -hmm. I think that we all... We all create bias, and you know what, and we've well, we've always done things this way. And I think, I think you know, and for our listeners to lean in a little bit, you know, maybe it's time in your career that you need to think differently. <laughs> you need to think outside the box a little bit, or maybe it's time for you to challenge your staff. Hey, you know what? Yeah, we've always done it this way, but it's it's not working as successfully okay. as it used to. Think differently. That's a huge takeaway for me today. So, oh, good.
0: Well, yeah. any Dukes, and if anybody's like a. Uh, poker player or watch world series she's got a book outcome thinking and bets Mm -hmm. and one of the challenge was always she talks about is hindsight bias
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right it's good to understand the past but don't let it freeze you from the future because these bias just times are different things are different Mm -hmm. right everything is evolving so yeah biased is in a lot of things cognitive bias hindsight biased um we can think differently. So, yeah, if, if anybody listened to this, I'd consider it a win. If you haven't read it, go watch the movie or read the book. Yeah, that's it'll, good. It'll change your mind. Yeah. Um, Number six is, and we laugh about this, right? Dave Ramsey always says, business would be easy if people weren't involved. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. But if you really think about even Sergeant um, Metals, if you think about it, Voco, what really the business we're in? We're in the people business. Absolutely. Yep. Right. That's what we are. It's it's we provide software and implementation and that kind of stuff. But if our team is not involved, if we don't get all aspects of the business involved, we're going to fail. And sometimes people think they can keep it small. They can kind of ramrod things through. But if you don't, in our world, especially at a plant, we like to get, you know, who's in charge of the maintenance, right? Who's on that team? Who's in charge of purchasing? They need to be part of that team. Who's in charge of the storeroom, right? So what do we stock? Why do we stock it? Where do we, we buy stuff from? We also need the IT director, right? How are they involved? And then ultimately kind of the key managers. And so we really look at that team and make sure that they, they get involved and... Uh, we Again, Tim, We I laugh because we're big readers, and uh, Patrick Lincioni has the book, The Advantage. Yes. Right? So you're, I know your people are probably writing all these down. But in the book, The Advantage, around a meeting, they have a saying, you have to weigh in to buy in. Mm. And so as you're sitting around with your team, do not let people get away with not saying anything, right? Yeah. Some people think they have great meetings. Oh, everybody's on board. Nobody had any objections. Yeah. It's probably the worst meeting you ever had. Yeah. Because if people aren't weighing in, if they're not sharing you their frustrations, their concerns, then how can they ever buy in? They'll walk away and say, hey, eh, Marty, he's the craziest guy. You know, Ain't no way this is going to work, Yeah. right? Yeah. So we've got to get people. We've got to get them involved. We've got to get them weighing in. And I think the, uh, the last one, um, and this one is I think an ultimate in leadership, is too many people think that leadership – um, is authority mm. right, and that I have to well i can't run this team i don't I need to be the boss, I need authority, and you know leadership is not about authority it 's about influence mm-hmm. right it's people who believe what you say or or what, and so so many times projects fail because people say well i'm not the boss mm. it 's not my job right and that's just an excuse. Great teams are led by people without authority. Great teams are led by people who think differently, who get people involved, who get people to weigh in, who know what an end in mind is. And so what you want to look for in your project is is to get people to lead even though they're not in charge. Yeah. And that's such a such a hard lesson, but yeah. such a big lesson we learned in our organization. Yeah,
1: that's great. I know we've been talking a lot about books, and I cannot remember the name of the book, but Andy Stanley, a guy that worked with him at North Point. I think his name was Clay, Clay Scoggins. Scoggins. That's right, yep. How to Lead When You're Not in Charge. I that, think that was the name of his book. Yeah, I wish, like that. I wish
0: I could take ownership on all these. I've just taken them. What hey. do they say? If you take from one, it's copying. If you take from a bunch, <laughs> it's market research. Yeah. And that's through, yeah. yes, every yeah. one of these are sort of grounded in stories that I read. Yeah. And yeah. Clay Scoggins was great. Yeah.
1: That well, And, and you, you talk about, you know, a lot of people think leadership is authority, but leadership is influence. I, I think that's John Maxwell, if I remember right. Yes, Mm -hmm. I think John Maxwell said that. So again, and and again for the for the listeners leaning in, you know, hey, read lots of books. I know Marty (laughs) and I talk about it a lot. We read lots of
0: books, uh, some even together. So uh, great, great stuff. Yeah, one last thing on that. I thought it was interesting in that book. He talked about they were at their church. They were rolling out training material, and when they got it, it just wasn't right. And so finally, they were all debating whose fault it is and what and so forth. And finally, Andy just looked at him and said, "Well, if you knew it was wrong, why didn't you just fix it?" Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, we see this every day in our organizations. People see things that aren't quite right or wrong, and they just say, "Well, if this was my business, well, just fix it." Yeah. Like, and and as leaders of an organization or small business, hopefully, you're giving the space mm-hmm. and the authority for people to fix things right to grow and if you believe that organizations are very hierarchical you know and and i think then you're going to struggle because then people won't take ownership and Mm -hmm. that's going to be another big factor
1: yeah yeah i I get it hey uh, marty my next question what are the advantages a business has with a highly effective uh, enterprise asset management implementation in place to a business without one
0: yeah. I just I think when it's when I sum it up and I look at this and I think my favorite word in business and in life is is be intentional. Mm. Right? That in that as we go in whatever we do, if we do it with intentionality, if we go into a project and we follow these rules, if we become better leaders because we're intentional, I think that's what really is at the heart of this is giving people sort of the roadmap to be more intentional. Okay. That is, that, that's good. Hey,
1: uh, next question. How would you suggest a business get started with EAM?
0: Well, that, that would be a great sales tool. If you're looking for maintenance and you think you have a, an opportunity, you know, we can help you. But again, I think part of it is in that thinking differently within organizations around asset management. You know, I hate to say, what's the one thing we don't like to spend on our car? maintenance money, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. We don't like preventative maintenance. Yeah. We don't like to take care of it. But we all know that the more we take care of our car, we're going to extend the life of it. You don't have to change your oil in your car and you probably get 20,000 miles,
1: yeah.
0: right? But what if you do change your oil and you take care of it? And so I what I would encourage people depending upon their organizations is think about maintenance and it can be your equipment it could be maintaining your people right again i think it's what are we doing to to invest in our people and those kind of things so um you know i think there's a lot of things that that if people look at it and if i can help in any way they feel free to go our website feel free to contact me and we would love to have a conversation
1: oh that's great that's great so hey um Marty, as we start to close, and I've got another quick question at the very end, but what's one piece of advice um, you would give our listeners today?
0: All right. I love this question, and uh, I thought I would throw you for a loop, Tim. Well, you throw me for a loop many times. There'll be nothing new. (laughs) So So, uh, my one piece of advice is wabi-sabi. Wabi Sabi. Wabi Sabi. I don't know how many people know that word. Well, I can't say that
1: I know the word Wabi Sabi.
0: So I got introduced to it um, through uh, Seth Godin. The Wabi Sabi encourages us to focus on the blessings hidden in our daily lives while celebrating the way things are uh, versus how they should be. Mm. And if you think about life and you think about where we are, obi sabi there are blessings each and every day the sun comes up yep. we get to be with our family we get to be with our friends and you know so much in life people are worried so much about what should be and not the way it is and if we just focus on the joy and i saw like there was a i don't know i was randomly on netflix and it was a movie about a young kid growing up on a farm and Baseball and all the things that were going wrong in his life. And finally it really came down to it's not life that makes you happy. It's happiness helps drive your life. Mm. And so to me, every day if we just think about wabi-sabi yeah. and just looking for the blessings, then I think we're all going to have great lives.
1: Yeah, Wabi-sabi. Wabi-sabi. Hey, our listeners may have learned a new word today. <laughs> wabi-sabi. So, Marty. Hey, I know that you do a Marty's Minute. Yes. And I know that that's something. So, hey, if our, how can our listeners, if they want to, if they enjoy what they've heard and maybe they've got maintenance issues that, you know, Advoco could help with, how can they get in touch
0: with you and how can they connect to your
1: Marty's Minute uh, blog?
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, a little bit of the background. I appreciate it. So, um, years back, I again, and trying to become more intentional, one of the things I really believe in is getting up early,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, reading and writing Mm -hmm. like those three things if you want to advance your career and people ask me all the time like how can I get better get up early read and write and I have friends who never got up early now are like devotees of it and so when I started writing a lot of it was for myself because I read so much and everybody's like well can you just like tell me more about this so I started a a weekly blog called Marty's Minute so Basically, it's a one-minute every Monday that comes out just on some thoughts like this, yeah. and uh, it's www.marties-minute.com. And so, check it out, and you can sign up. And every Monday morning, you get a little dose of Marty.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. I know I've enjoyed I've enjoyed connecting with that. So you got some great stuff on there. Well, good, good. Yep. good. Well, Marty, man, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us today. I'm sure that our listeners, I have learned some things today, especially Wabi Sabi. So uh, so that's great. Anyway, thanks for being with us, my friend.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. And I love, man, big
1: ideas for small business. Let's let's do this. That's what it's all about. So hey, hey, to our listeners, everyone, take care and God bless.
0: If you'd like to continue the journey with us, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing there's specific topics you'd like to hear be sure to put that in the comments as well we'll be launching a new podcast on the first wednesday of every month if you know others that would get benefit from listening to this podcast please share it with them and we'll be seeing you guys next month